0: Hey folks, welcome to, welcome to episode 44 of Biomass. We appreciate you listening, not live, most likely, uh, and more more to the point probably from iTunes or YouTube. Uh, that's if we've updated our YouTube in the last month or two. I'm not entirely sure we have. But anyway, we appreciate you uh, pulling us off your RSS feed and listening to us this week. Uh, we, As you can tell probably by this uh recording. We've had some issues with our live stream tonight, but never fear. We always want to make sure we knock a show out for you. And we're going to do, work extra hard to get this one up probably in the next 24 to 48 hours. That way there's not too much of a lag time. So uh, we'll dive right in here into a second. So the, the layout for the show tonight is going to be uh, kind of kind of our standard fare, if you will. Uh, we'll get a couple of rounds of CPM updates from the CPM crew that we have on board. And from there, we'll Going to a couple different topics. Uh, one of the things we wanted to touch on was a couple things that's actually happening on the Eve side that we find we found somewhat interesting. They're reworking uh, the sovereignty man- mechanics, which is roughly the the closest thing that you can um, you can draw an, an analogy to how PC works. And some of the the things that we've noted is that there's actually some similarities in the proposals, which, uh, again, absolutely not tinfoiling there, but it was kind of interesting to see some of the uh, the discussions going on about how SAV would work versus what we've talked about for PC. Also, and as, as we mentioned uh, for the last couple of weeks, the CSM is being elected. Uh, they're almost done with their bo- voting period in the east side. And they do have a vote match similar to what we did when we elected our CPM. And they asked an interesting question about DUST to the CSM candidates. And we can review a little bit about what some of those guys said, uh, at least the EVE perspective of DUST. Uh, We won't spend too much time on that, uh, but we did want to at least cover it a little bit. Now, the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about tonight is really going to come down to HotFix Echo. Like, what did we see in HotFix Echo? And what did we not see in Hotfix Echo? Uh, probably the other thing that we want to have a, a quick sh- a quick chat about is perhaps uh, some of the different things in the, going on in the community or things we would like to go on in the Dust community um, in terms of events or activities. And we would be remiss if we did not touch on the 5 million clone challenge. So all that stuff laid out on the table, and I'm totally going to forget at least 40% of it. Uh, we're going to dive right into our introductions. and so We're going to start at the top of the list with one each, Mr. Iron Wolf Saber. Fail as we move down to Kane Sparrow.
1: Yes, uh, Kane Sparrow, a former member of the CPM and leader of the Negative Feedback
0: Alliance. Former Shadow Governor of Molden Heath. Uh, Pokey Draper?
2: Uh, I am Pokey Draper from OSG Planetary Operations, co-hosted on Biomass, and I think the stream is working. So, there. Scotty's tabs removed.
0: Ah, uh, that's... I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that to the audience to figure out if uh, if you can adequately fill in the shoes of the ubiquitous Scotty. I,
3: I I don't think so. I mean, Scotty is is Scotty, and that's that's just a bar that I don't expect any mere mortal to ever
0: hit. Scotty is OP in ways that a shotgun, a rail rifle, a heavy, an HAV plasma cannon, flaylock, and Anything else that we can think of has never thought about being. Okay, so moving on down to SMB. Yep, Sir
4: Manboy here, a member of CPM1, director over at Mulan Labé, which is in General Sal's Alliance.
0: Thanks for having me, Jay. Yep, absolutely, brother man. Uh, Soraya? I'm
4: Soraya
3: Zell, a member of CPM1 and a co-host here on the show.
0: Thank you very much. And uh, in case anybody is wondering, there's uh, Soraya may or may not have to have to jet out a little bit early in the podcast tonight because apparently uh, the Animal Health and Welfare Services may be coming after him for ferret bowling. Not entirely sure what, what that's going to entail for him, but it, it could be pretty tough for him in county up near Chicago. I hear yeah. they like guys like you
3: I'm, I'm actually i'm not in the same uh county as chicago so we get like you know our county is like a nice cushy suburban jail so should be fine
0: <laughs> yeah we'll see all right iron wolf are you awake now i was awake mm-hmm. and that was iron wolf's intro folks i was awake not really iron wolf you got an intro bro uh this is
5: iron wolf Saber of the cpm1 i'm secretary and all that and here to annoy your buddy.
0: Outstanding, outstanding. And if anybody is wondering, uh, one of Iron Wolf Saber's actual, uh, you know, jobs in the past that we've all recently under- just discovered it, it just totally blew my mind. He was apparently a roadie for Aerosmith, uh, and we'll kind of leave it at that. Uh, you know, although I guess if you look at his name, Iron Wolf Saber, that has all the hallmarks of like some kind of British hard rock, thrash metal, death band at some point. So that probably tells you a little bit about him as well. Uh, okay, guys, we're going to jump right into the CPM update, and I will turn this over to Soraya, SMB, and Ironwolf. Zell? Yes, sir, man
4: boy? Zine?
3: <laughs> oh, come on!
5: Fine, fine, fine. We've been talking about Hophik's up, and all things that didn't make it into it, and things that we're going to be planning for fix, Foxtrot when it comes out. Also FanFest has been looming on our minds this week so it's been a um, very split attention between um things that we want to get done um we did have a meeting with um TCP Rouge uh recently um concerning a variety of topics Oh right um, we actually
3: have, I completely forgot we have we have this week
5: Yeah they gave us homework and everything and we had to write it up remember
3: Yeah yeah there was that
5: Anyways um Things are hopefully moving within CCP, and I'm hoping we will get to see the lie of that eventually. We'll keep pestering them for
4: updates um, on on that subject when it does come up. Boom, and I'm going to add a little extra mustard to that messaging. That, uh, that being that this CPM member is going to be in Iceland in a week, and if you want to grab a beer with him in Reykjavik, then you need to hit me up on Twitter, on the forums. Send me a PSN message, whatever. Let's get a
0: beer, Reykjavik, be in Iceland, Iceland in a 2015. A Booyah! Okay, so S and B will drink beer, and then Sarai will have fermented shark. This works out beautifully from my standpoint. Do they serve ferret there by any chance? I don't know. So tell me, Zel, do they? I don't know, but but I, I can't see a ferret eaten. That would that would like hurt. I- Hmm, that's interesting. I could I could totally riff on this for a good five to ten minutes on uh you you wearing like a skinned chinchilla first coat up into Iceland as you chow down on like ferret meat with uh you know rotted shark on the side. Very there might awesome. there
3: might there might end up being a murder
4: if someone did that. <laughs> Can't you get necro pants in Iceland? I heard those are pretty fashionable. You can get fish scale pants.
0: I can I could totally see Zell wearing that. I'm, okay, alright, I'm down with this.
5: You know how they get, like, uh, snake skin and shark skin boots? Uh, yeah, they got fish, fish skin stuff.
0: Yeah, well, I, like, I'll tell you what, if you guys can get a picture of Zell in, like, that uh, Jason Momoa Aquaman outfit, I'm, there there would be real-life Fiskies involved in that, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure they can try. Well, they are having a cosplay, um event, I think. It's like like per day. I think they're going to like different themes per day with some pretty pretty legit prizes this year. Any bets on uh, the resident CPM Snidely Whiplash aka Denny Long, Longfeet like Short Stride whatever the fuck his name is, you know actually showing up in some sort of full regalia again. I'm pretty sure he's already building it. You know, it's
3: it's likely particularly because they they announced like a costume contest at uh, at FanFest this year, that, so. That would
0: be the cosplay event that I, I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, mean, I
3: I think I think uh, Danny's probably going to have to
0: just, you know. I think he is uh, showing up his war barge components this year, so that should be exciting. Oh my god. That would be that would have to be quite humorous. The only thing I can think of that would be better is if Star-box. you guys now I was actually thinking if you guys would show up as a as like a, a potted capsuleer, so like you're basically wearing spandex shorts with tubes coming out of your head and you have to shave your head and, and cover yourself in like slime' It'd be that is, awesome. that is way 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 too much commitment for me, so says the man who raises chinchillas for nefarious purposes.
3: I have one chinchilla,
0: and you have that's what, what, they, all,
5: that's what they all start with. It
3: only takes one. <laughs> it's actually, it's, I tried to get a second chinchilla. It didn't work out very well.
0: Well, Okay. All right. So let's, let's press on. Uh, so what it sounds like in the uh, uh, sort of, you know, friendly fire exchange of who was going to break the NDA first between the three CPM members, that there may actually be some news coming. Uh, and I also noted that there was also some discussion about what is or is not in hotfix echo i know one thing that was supposed to be in hotfix echo that i'm certainly going to talk about that quick like, did not make it in uh so we'll we, we will chat about that in a little bit but anyway i did want to kind of move on if unless you guys honestly had something else you wanted to, to throw out there
5: uh that pretty much covers it this week well we'll be trying to get um cpm 2 stuff after fanfest uh, okay
0: all right. No, de- yeah, that's fair. So what I wanted to do very briefly, well, eh, we'll, we'll take a minute and talk about it. Uh, a little bit on the EVE side, I want to talk about the C- the CSM elections first. So uh, just to kind of set the stage, uh, everybody remember, well, not everybody, but a lot of folks remember the vote match that Deidre Vail did for us, um, which is kind of a staple of the EVE CSM elections. Basically, the CPM candidates all went in Filled out a fairly lengthy questionnaire. You go in and you fill out like a parallel questionnaire, and then it sort of get it gives you a like a tally rating of. Uh, it's sort of like you know Match.com for CSM candidates, if you will. Um, that's the, the you know the best sort of analogy that I can come up with. It's certainly not perfect, nor do I recommend that you actually vote the the tally that it gives you, but. It might give you a perspective on the relative level of importance that different with, subjects give you. And with was was, 77 you know, candidate,
3: candidates, it, you know, it, was, it was there's a, a lot of useful. candidates to it choose from. Useful. And so it can at least help narrow it down who to look for.
0: Like, I, will, I, I will definitely agree with that.
3: I mean, I voted for, there's a few incumbents that uh, from the current CSM I certainly voted for. Um, this year, um, interestingly enough, my top vote was um, uh, one of the closest matches as well. And uh, but then towards the bot, you know, towards the bottom of my ballot, I filled in, you know, a few people who um, were very close to me on the vote match and particularly on um, the answers to the
0: questions that were of importance to me. Sure. And, and that was that's kind of the cool thing is you can kind of rank order what's important to you. Um, so what I thought was interesting this year as I went through this and I did the vote match one because it's an interesting exercise. It's kind of a fun thing to do. But as Sarai Zell did mention, there were l- literally 77 uh, vetted candidates for the CSM, for the 14 CSM positions, which is, t- to my knowledge, by far a record. Uh, so, yeah, I think there might have been like,
3: what, 40 last year? I-, uh,
0: the- I don't think it was that many. I, I think the, the most they ever had was about 40, 45. Um, but, and, but I think that was like a couple of years ago. Like And this is like actual vetted, like, fully have submitted their paperwork, fully accepted, have gone past the, uh, the background checks and everything. Um, there were
3: 33 individuals for CSM
0: nine. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, almost triple, um, definitely double the, uh, anyway, the one question that, that struck me as I, I was totally surprised that was included in there was basically to what extent should dust 514, uh, pertain to the Eve universe or, you know, I think it's specific to sovereignty. Um, no. Or what would it, how should it impact, uh, you know, Eve play? Basically. Um, I, I was not, I was not expecting to see that question in there. Uh, I just, I think it was one of those that it was probably a holdover from last year's questions. Uh, but the fact that they included it was an interesting insight into some of the CSM candidates. And what I found interesting is I looked cause I highlighted that one as like, you know, show me all the results for that question. I think all but four people. Or let me put it this way: of those that filled out the uh, the vote match, which I think was somewhere around forty-five or fifty, not all seventy-seven did. Uh, only four that I remember said it should not be a part of uh, the you know Eve. It, like it should not pertain to Eve or affect Eve gameplay. Think about that. Out of the majority of the candidates that filled it out, only four indicated that. And of and one of those. His comment was, it shouldn't, it, it should not pertain at all. It's kind of the, the multiple checkbox, but box. But when you read his comment, what it said was, I want to hear what is going on with Legion. So th- that, that was kind of interesting in and of itself. And then when you read the responses from everybody else, it generally ranged from sh- should be noticeable. Uh, but not have a major impact, like you should be able to have some sort of linkage and notice it, all the way up to it should be a, you know, a critical component of certain facets of the game, be it faction warfare or sovereignty. So uh, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And, and uh, you know, did you guys have any uh, have any comments on that? You know, particularly those of you that play a little bit of EVE on the side. I was curious what your thoughts are in terms of the candidates actually uh, sort of giving a little bit of nod to Dust
3: um i you know it's good i mean for me the only like my voting is in part determined on you know people's people's interest in dust um uh because i don't want people on the csm who are going to be hostile towards you know further further integration with dust in the future which i still very much want to see um you know but uh it's one of those things that ccp needs to needs to you know make it happen
0: <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you a question, Zell. Uh, and I and I I'm legitimately not attempting to put you on the spot, but it's it's a for real question. Did you happen to notice who the only people were that said under no circumstances dust should affect Eve? Um I don't think I scrolled that far because I obviously
3: sorted it by the people let who Let me did. let me
0: let me tell you the names. See if you recognize them. Sign okay. Kumitomo. Yeah, I Indie Post. To Vic Jeff Vic Jefferson and Bamstroker. So the top three that I just, I just mentioned are all CFC goons form candidates uh, with Scion and um, Indy being literally the number, number one and number two man for the Matani himself. Uh, and they were the only ones that were directly inimical to the thought of dust affecting Eve.
3: Well, in, in no uncertain terms, I can tell you that uh, myself and the goons do not uh, align all the time um in in case in point that i voted for a high care bear as my top selection last year and voted for him again this year um though this year said high care bear actually made it onto even the goons list because he was he's a pretty awesome csm uh, csm nine member
0: um you realize that mike azaraya was not on the cfc ballot this year no
3: no um i vote uh uh steve ronican
0: okay right. just checking. um
3: he's he's a high sec guy and he he made it on uh the cfc ballot as far as i know i
0: think he um, made it as a third party apps guy
3: <laughs> yeah yeah but he is a high sec um and as far as cyan um so you know i i i do have cyan on my ballot it's um uh in part because i've talked to him in person several times um as well um when you when you look at Cyan's results on the vote match though i want to remind you that if you go to his biography on the vote match it's song lyrics, if that tells you how seriously
0: he takes the whole match. well it's it's pretty serious it's pretty obvious that sign doesn't take the csm election process seriously at all uh, I mean and, and and the reality is he is the number one candidate for the cFC so he, sort he doesn't of, have to default, yeah by default, he gets elected. he literally only does pro forma things uh, in terms of this so but my point in all this was um I was surprised at the number of candidates that were anywhere from somewhat to fairly positive about the thought of Dust uh, interacting. And I also noticed that quite a few of them uh, were keen to get information about Legion. So that was sort of the, you know, kind of the long way around the tree way of saying that sort of surprised me that you have Eve players talking about it.
3: But I mean, I think most, most of the responses I did read did come into the same category, which is the expectation that, you know, Dust has to de- deliver on that as well, and has to provide the sort of you know gameplay that that they expect.
0: I, I would agree, and and generally just for everybody, uh, I I do have quite a quite a few links to other other Eve media folks, and um, I, I've been on a few shows, and I talked to quite a few people, and done a little bit of blogging on the side. And the number one thing that I get from the Eve side, I think, I legitimately think that there is a a, a true false perception that most people on the East Side wish dust would die in a fire. I mean, the reality there's there's going to be a very small minority that think that way. Um, or that, you know, all consulars are peasants and all that kind of stuff, which is, is for the most part trolling, not overly serious. The reality is when you really get into the to the actual truth of the matter, the number one thing I heard, and I and I've talked to quite a few people about this over the last probably three months. Um because I actually set out to try to do a little bit of fact-finding on it, you know, from the U side, the number one thing that you get down to is, um, dust just wasn't delivered on. It wasn't done. Well, it could be on a PlayStation three. It could, it could be on a fucking Atari. Uh, it doesn't matter, but if it was done well, it would have been accepted, um, with much more, um, sort of open, if not open arms, uh, at least a, a benign neutrality at worst, uh, from the bulk of the U players. So that was kind of the, the message that I got from most people was that they were very keen to ha- to have something like dust involved in their game, but it simply just was not done well. And they could see it coming from a long way away that it probably wasn't going to be done well, uh, which sort of, you know, injected a lot of antibodies into the process.
1: There's another important thing, though, going through. I'm actually reading some of these comments and stuff. It seems as long as Legion is up in the air, it seems like a roadblock to a lot I, of these people. I would agree with that. To actually growing integration because a lot of people are looking to, well, you know, we want to see how Legion pans out. We want to see how this does and, you know, that and the other thing. But what we're not seeing is the fact that, heck, Ratati made a post about a roadmap for this year. That included at the tail end of it, you know, the phase four actually increasing Eve integration. So, but I don't even think that the Eve community may be even aware of that. It's like I, the it's I like the left, right. left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing at all.
0: Well, I, you know, you make a, a very good point there, Kane. And that was that was sort of the other trend that you see is um, even even those that were you know fairly positive towards the concept of dust and, and Eve integration from a CSM you know uh, a CSM standpoint. There were there were in fact quite a few comments of uh, we don't really know what to think because is Legion a thing or is Dust still a thing? There was that was literally sort of the trend of questions, Um, and it is I think it just goes back to the the information and transparency issue, and it would you know again I think there's still a desire for this type of activity in the New Eden universe, so. Uh, like I said, guys, I, I did just want to bring that up very briefly. Um, hey Zell, do you mind if I ask, like, uh, who your your top, you know, five or six guys or folks were on your ballot, totally or did you want to? Do you want to exclude? Uh, exp- I totally don't remember. I just um, figured you didn't want to get headshot by your own alliance for not telling the party no. line.
3: I, I mean, I, I Cyan was on my ballot. Um, Steve Ronikin was on my ballot. I think I think Indy might have been on my ballot because he was goon, but I don't remember. Um I'm I'm I know I put Sugar Kyle on and Mike Azariah on my ballot I think if was Mike running this year if he was running I put yeah. him on my ballot then yes he's on my ballot. Um uh, who else did I put? I know I, put, I I think I put another incumbent or two on there. I didn't actually put in 14 names this time. I got bored.
0: <laughs> I I always put in 14 I just you know but really after about the first 7 it, it probably doesn't matter. I think I put like 6 or 7 in there. Maybe 8. Yeah, no, I, I've, I, I had uh, Mike Azariah, uh, Chance Ravine, who who is, I, I think, a potential breath of fresh air in, into EVE. Um, Sugar Kyle, Steve Ronikin, uh, Tor Bushido, he's the, he's the CEO of Code. Uh, so he's a high-sec pirate gankmeister. Uh, and also Man, Manny uh, Manfred Sidious uh, from PL. So that that was sort of, you know, the the top block for my uh you know, my ballot for what it's worth. And there's probably, you know, like a a very small percentage of our uh, listener base that actually knows who some of those folks are, but I do encourage, encourage people to somewhat pay attention to what's going on in Eve. And I I would always encourage you to to give it a shot Uh, if only so that you understand a little bit more about the new Eden universe and sort of really the genetics of where dust potentially Legion came from, and where it actually might merge back into somewhere down the and, line.
3: And the CSM election is, is very important, I think, to Dustin. You know, there's there's always questions about how much influence, you know, the CSM or CPM does or doesn't have. But, um, you know, if if we're looking at, you know, a desire for future integration going forward, if we end up with, you know, a CSM of, uh, you know, people who don't want it, then we're going to be up a creek. So, you know, it's it's an important thing that, that uh, the right candidates get in. Duh. It affects us too.
0: Uh, one of the things that I kind of I talked about it on. Uh, there's an uh, an Eve show that I was on probably about uh, a month ago. The comment that that I basically left them with was because they were asking they they were generally asking me a lot of questions about how's dust, how's dust, you know what's going on. They had heard that there's like a resurgence of development, which was very surprising to them. But we've all been living that for several months now. So. Y- you know their their first comment was one why aren't we hearing about it and I was like hmm that's an interesting question <laughs> and then part two was um, if if they're really if you really want to see a growth in dust or a resurgence in what is going on with dust then it probably actually needs to come from the Eve side not from the dust side because the more Eve players ask those questions and sort of ping about that and the more the CSM is open to it or occasionally ask the programming question of CCP, that's probably where you're going to get more interaction because I, like, and this is my personal opinion. I, I base based this on purely my own observations. Um, I think that CCP writ large, not the few stalwarts at CCP Shanghai. Let me make that very clear. But I, I think they could kind of, they sort of don't really care what happens to the quote unquote desk community. I think guys like Ratati, I think guys like Logibro, I think probably, you know, like Frame, you know, probably probably Rouge. I think they do care about what happens to the dust community. But from a corporative standpoint, I, I'm not really sure they do. Um, but when they hear, so I think our, our feedback as a player base can quickly get discounted or it basically terminates with Ratati and he takes care of what's at whatever's going on and the rest of CCP is none the wiser. Uh, but when these type of things come up from the Eve side, it it probably has a a bigger ripple, or it it could potentially have a bigger impact in a positive sense, you know, down the road for us.
3: I, I agree. I think that uh, you know the the biggest thing is is I I would like to see more support from um, from Eve players and and CCP Iceland on on Dusk stuff. I think that uh, it it is you know. You think about it, and, you know, when the larger portion of their their player base and, you know, their, I assume, primary income source is, is saying, you know, a certain thing, that's that's what they're going to listen to.
0: I would totally agree with that.
1: Well, I think on the issue, though, I think the gaining that support, as long as Dust doesn't have a clear-cut future, is going to be difficult, because it seems... I mean, that's something, that's a hurdle that needs to be overcome. And it's kind of an unanswered question that just kind of hangs in the air that everyone's thinking about that never actually has been resolved from CCP side anyways.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the, you know, again, that's a that's a trending comment that I get from, uh, you know, fellow Eve players is they don't really know what to think about uh, dust because there's probably a large chunk of them that think dust has been turned off already uh, or that it's, you know, there's like some server you know that's barely warmed up in the corner that's checking along for a few people playing all right well uh we did cover that a little bit so what i want to do guys is kind of dive in a little bit to uh the hotfix echo discussion if we can transition over to that uh, what i'd like to do is uh, briefly turn it over to our cpm bros to kind of run down a couple of the or at least sort of the big ticket items going on in the hotfix and we can kind of kick that around for a minute uh, in terms of what's physically, what we think is going to be in the hotfix based on Ratati's post. Uh, and then uh, I would like to transition to kind of part two of the discussion, which is what did we, what other things did we really want in hotfix echo or what might have we been expecting that didn't quite make the cut so far? So um, with that, you mind if I turn it over to the CSM guys, if you can kind of give us a quick rundown.
5: I brought the post up, so I guess I'll do a quick read-off.
0: Did you say CSM guys? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's okay. I'm,
3: I'm not. I don't. We don't have any CSM guys on here right now.
0: So basically, the reason I punted this to you guys is because I'm trying to I'm trying to drink my cup of tea, and I don't have another hand with which I can switch to switch my screen to see the dust post that I had up, and I was really hoping one of you had it up. <laughs>
5: Okay, one of the first things that we're bring, um, that bringing that is bringing um, is new starter loadouts. This is supposed to help out the new players. Um, many of our current loadouts are not not the greatest thing in helping preview the game, and some are not effective either. He also, um, the biggest controversial change that has popped up so far from it, though, was the removal of the sniper roll from, from the starter lineup.
0: Yeah, I. I... I I guess my opening thoughts on that were anything that helps out the, you know, kind of the the basic noob fits like that, probably a good thing. I was a little surprised at the removing the sniper piece because basically you generally want to, that's sort of a staple of first person shooter or like shooter style games is some sort of sniper role. So I was a little surprised by that. But I think the logic you gave was you wanted to get people more involved in, you know, uh, like action oriented combat.
5: And it, that's, not a, that's not a bad goal, to, um, it's not a, it's a very good and good, well-intentioned role, but people are eventually going to find out about all the other weapons as they play along. So they'll eventually get used to the idea of being recon, being the scout inside the battlefield, before they do um, pick up the more advanced roles of being a sniper fighting support. Hopefully it should get um, should make the next generation of snipers a little bit more active, so to say, uh, less afraid to be in the midst of the whole fighting.
0: So, so I, now I, I I only have to ask this question because the way that was framed is, um, I mean, snipers by their nature aren't hooking and jabbing fifty meters away from other targets. Uh, I acknowledge that the I think exactly what he said is we're it, we are removing the sniper loadout and replacing it with the recon loadout. The sniper has proven to be far too passive as a role for new players, and we want to encourage them to get into the thick of it. Now. This may be a little bit, of, you know, a tinge of bitter vetness in there. Well, it's it's probably not even bitter vet. It's literally just a little bit of reality. The more you encourage those guys to get into the middle of the fighting, I wonder how many of them are going to stay playing the game. Period. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't encourage them, but just the logic of that statement, I I'm not sure I follow. Uh, in that, generally, most most of those players are going to probably get in. Uh, be in the thick of combat, and they're going to get smoked very quickly. And I also point out that quite a few people come into first-person shooter games that play snipers across multiple first-person shooter games, and that's something they would be interested in doing just from Jump Street. And I, I guess I'm not sure why we wouldn't have added the recon loadout and then just retained the sniper loadout. Does that make sense?
1: Except the snipers lose matches, especially the starter snipers.
0: Well, I got news for you. Like, the more the more these guys that they give, like, a militia AR and then send into the meat grinder, I'm all about that, too, because that's going to lose you matches on clone count, too. Okay, so we've talked about that. And I'll, it also looks like they're going to do a little bit of work on the basic medium frames as well, I think.
2: They're increasing the fitting capacity on them, aren't they?
0: Uh, I think so. And yes. uh, I think it's tiered, though, right?
5: It, it's still tiered, but they're using the same formula that um, helped diverge the more advanced suits on previous balances when it came to fitting. Is basically they are taking what's usually fitted in those slots and using that as the um, stats weight to um, determine how much fitting based on your slot layout, so to say.
0: Okay, now that actually makes a lot of sense. It also looks like they're going to... Let's see, couple with the fact that we reduced the is cost of basic drop suits. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I, I think they're they're trying to, to be a little bit more friendly to younger players, which I think is probably a good thing uh, writ large. Uh, again, I like some of it I question, like anytime that you devalue uh, like a role, like with the sniper piece, which by the way, for the record, like I've, I have have not a single SP in, in anything sniper related. I just, I, I, kn- I know enough about first person shooter games to know that a lot of people like that role and they play it because they, they like it. Uh, whether you think it's passive or active or not. So it just kind of surprised me. Um, but they can't, I mean,
3: you can fit a malicious sniper on day one. You can buy it. You, you can buy a malicious sniper rifle in, in the market. I mean, there's there's a ton of weapons and, and suits that aren't available in the starter fits. And so the goal is having, you know, kind of the ones I, I honestly, I, I think the mentality there is, is maybe that, sniping isn't it doesn't get you really all that excited about the game as much as actually you know running in and getting in there
0: okay i'll buy that Uh, i think but again i think that's it's about player choice more than anything
1: the other thing with sniping though is that it's not a very high warpoint um role in, this, in the way the game's set up, the recon roll with the uplink and that sort of thing, it's something that probably is going to get you war, more, it's more likely to get you war points, make you hit that 150 mark, make you advance and progress faster probably through the game too. Mm-hmm. So having that as a fallback point, rather than a fallback point being something that is going to take you away from the fight, make it to maybe maybe you get a kill, maybe you don't get a kill, Um, but you're not actually going to be advancing the battle, really. Um, I mean, if you have having a role in which everyone has a fallback to where it's sneaky and, you know, you're dropping uplinks everywhere, I think the idea is to also dramatically encourage the number of uplinks that you see from from randoms and from uh, newer players.
0: I, well... Uh, like I like without really because we're totally trying to read people's mind right now or the or the CPM guys just don't want to talk about it they wanted the two or can't but the bottom line is like I don't think you're gonna be able to uh, like like I've seen no no indication whatsoever that CCP is interested in more uplinks the only thing I've heard coming out of them or felt coming out of them is you know they think uplinks should just go away or be. So expensive to use and so difficult to use. I that want to see uplinks, go uplinks go away. I don't like uplinks I, very much. Yeah, I would yep. like to say that I do not want to see uplinks go away because I do like Thank them you. very much. So, <laughs> so this this is my point. Is like it, it's it's literally just it, it's it's shades of variation, and uh, I I think I'll, I'll, anything that you do with a starter suit, the reality is that thing will pop like a balloon no matter what. Uh, I think that's just the reality of it. So it's kind of academic, you know, engaging on it. Um, I did actually want to transition to some of the things we're talking about with movement uh, in terms of adjusting the backpedal speed and some of the other things. Are, does that also affect strafing, or is that literally just pure forward
5: and backwards back, speed? Backpedal is on um, backpedaling, so that's, that's his zone movement set. Strafing is another um, movement set, so there are okay. two independent ones.
0: Okay, so we're
1: going to... If you're going back into the left though it would be slower, correct?
5: Uh going no, just going backwards, it'll be slower than strafing. Strafing's a little bit slightly faster. If I recall right, it's at ninety percent of run uh, walk speed. Well, it's called run speed. Uh, I keep calling it walk speed because you're you're not sprinting.
1: What I'm just wondering is about certain strafe patterns. Like you have the figure eight and the circle strafe, and I just wonder if the back end of those strafe patterns, so like the back end yeah, of the, the circle, yeah. the back end of the figure eight, are those going to end up actually being slower as a result? I'm just a. Little- it,
5: it should be going slower when you're backing up. So yes, See- uh, at the at the curvatures of going back on the eight, eight figure eight part. Now the going forward part should be a little bit faster than the going back part.
1: See, my concern my concern is that with just reducing the speed of straight back ped- just straight backpedaling, we're going to kind of uh, flatten uh, the dynamics of strafe patterns in the game to basically only being left-right, left-right, left-right.
5: Well, if they add inertia, then I can actually get all, even more dice here.
0: <laughs> I still think that it'd be nice if they had some form of inertia on that, just because it's, uh, you know... Like the changes they made in the game, the, the progressive changes they just continue to feel like, you know, like more of a cartoony, not even Call of Duty, Duty but just a more cartoony shooter, not a, you know, semi practical sci fi, you know, team based shooter.
1: Well, I mean, over the course of Uprising, uh, left right strafe speed was actually doubled. There was actually a bug in the game in which keyboard uh, a keyboard was able to get double, double input. It would be basically the same as if you had two DS3s going left at the same time. Um, when they fixed it, the end result was that everybody got the double input going left and right. So, straight speed overall increased dramatically. Hmm.
0: Okay.
5: Yeah, none, none of one of those hilarious um, mis- missteps we had in the past...
0: <laughs> Well, let's see. As we click down the list, Uh looks like they're pulling out the Glente Research Facility. Um, Just no, that's PC. only for PCs, right? Yeah. Yes. And yeah, that's
5: only for PC because of the lat, lat, um, frame rates per second drop involved with that um, map socket alone, so...
1: It, okay. It's the the lag facility. Uh, we we joke in PC that they're studying tie-dye. at <laughs> the facility. That's probably
0: accurate. So, let's see. Um... Uh, now we're getting into some of the the more I guess uh, divisive topics uh, in terms of the like the light weapon or the handheld weapons um, let's see plasma cannon looks like it's getting a pretty pretty major damage buff that should make pokey happy right
2: Wait, what's getting a damage buff
0: plasma cannons 30 oh yes
2: up. yes 13 percent it'll mm-hmm. uh, bring it a little more in line with what the swarms are currently
0: doing so I'm looking forward to that okay that's pretty legit Um The assault scrambler getting a pretty serious buff. I think that's like fourteen percent,
1: fifteen percent for standard, seventeen percent for advanced, and a fifteen percent buff for proto.
0: That is going to be. That is not. This is not going to go well if they do that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like overkill to me.
0: We'll have to
1: see how it goes. All I know is that my standard scrambler rifle, assault scrambler rifle, is now going to be actually better than my current proto one.
0: Yes, by a long margin. (laughs) I, I just i i think i think this is a horribly bad idea.
5: I think it's gonna over both
0: too. <laughs> I I well, we'll I, I we'll see how it goes, the, I guess. This hey. is the danger of only looking at numbers and not practical and not understanding practical application in game. This is what worries me when I see sort of you know, I would say you know, seventy-five, eighty percent of every of what Ritati puts out, I think is generally a really sharp way of approaching things in terms of problem solving. But that small minority of things usually revolves around, wow, my numbers say that more people should be using something, or I wonder why not. Well, let's give it 15% more damage at the proto level. What? You know, that blows my mind. Amar Victor.
2: Yeah. I mean, I play with it a little bit, not a ton, but enough. And I was like, okay, yeah, I maybe mean, this feels a little underpowered, but 15% is way beyond anything I would expect for it for a buff.
0: Well, I mean, here's the thing. The okay, okay so just for a frame of reference, uh, I the first weapon that I actually uh, skilled into was the scrambler. That's all I ran. I never had a single point. Uh, well, other than you know, I had like the like a bare minimum of points in the AR, but I used most of those points for like drops, drop, drop seat upgrades, and uh, all my logy stuff generally first. And I really didn't upgrade any weapons until very late you know, for a while since, you know, after I started playing. So the one, the first weapon that I actually, you know, really sunk a lot of SP into um, was the Assault Scrambler. And that thing works, it worked pretty well. It's got, and I love the sight on it, like the little non-zoom reflex scope, huge fan of that. Um, The biggest problem it is, is it's just a resource hungry weapon compared to other ones. Uh, and it does have like some kind of wonky mechanics that like it looks like it's a lot of recoil and jumping around, but the actual shots are pretty are pretty spot on. There's there's not a lot of dispersion in them. Um, so it, it it always served me very well. And then you know I transitioned from the A Scar over to the to the rail rifle the day that came out. But that's a that thing's not a bad weapon. Like it's just not used because I, I just think there's a lot of other good weapons out there. But when you put that level of damage on it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, that's gonna do, that, that'll be the, like, the highest in DPS of any rifle, right? It'll
1: be right on par with the Duval, I think just a little I bit think higher. It's, I
0: think it's higher than the Duval.
2: It, it, just, it is higher from what I was saying. It's actually more than the plasma rifle, which makes no sense at all since it's supposed to be balanced against range, and it's longer range than the AR.
0: I mean, it's arguably more user-friendly in that it's got a better aim-down-sight mechanic. You're not going to overheat the thing. Like, no, I mean, they would have to dramatically tune up the heat before that becomes a problem, even without using an armor assault suit. Uh, and it's going to hit harder at longer ranges. Like, that's I don't know, man. That's it's pretty sketchy.
2: Yeah, Catmark actually just linked something in the Skype channel, and it looks like uh, post change, it's going to be the assault scrambler DPS, just just plain DPS, will be 494, and a Duval's DPS will be 453.
0: That's, uh, like, okay.
2: It's also going to do, apparently, uh, 3,137 damage before overheating.
0: That's pretty it's pretty sketchy.
2: And I haven't checked his math, obviously, but if, if it's correct, that's a little insane. Like, maybe like a 5% buff I could see, maybe a little bit more, but 15 is, is, is nuts for any sort of buff to a weapon.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where that came from. That's, uh, I don't know. Um... So, I, and I guess now, any other thoughts on the Ace Car, by the way?
1: It's going to be incredibly
0: entertaining. I feel bad for the Kaldari guys out there, is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get near insta popped by uh, like a Visium as it is. Like, now you got to worry about these damn things. I think um,
1: one of the things is the uh, Mimitar Assault is definitely becoming more prevalent in the meta. So, it'll be interesting to see how, if the assault scrambler rifle becomes more popular, how that might actually start dampening down that increase in meta for the for the Mimitar or maybe just shifting Mimitar assaults to more armor tanking in their hybrid I,
0: setups. I, I could see that. I could see them wanting to, to do more of a hybrid tank or an armor tank on the Min assault, uh because you know, speed kills right now. Um the probably the I think if not it's certainly not the most att- most divisive but an equally you know i guess controversial one is the discussion about what they want to do with the hmgs that like i am not i am not a, uh, a professional heavy uh, i do i do play one you know every once in a while when i'm not lodging and stuff but these are some some pretty pretty serious changes that they're looking at laying out on the HMG, uh, particularly in terms of the you know kind of the auto like function for the assault HMG. Matt, I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are on this. I'm gonna have a lots of fun.
5: I am sharing breaking stuffs so opinions on on these HMGs that um, they're not gonna solve the problem in the long run. It's just gonna make things probably worse until we get to a model that they're more closer to a suppression type weapon it's uh, the uh, killer thing in Cqc weapon
0: yeah well uh, so a, a couple of things on that one there's we are driven down the discussion th- I think a lot of people look at the hmG primarily because what you know it's hard to divorce the weapon from the suit because you must only, you must be using the suit to use the weapon um, I, I it, it's re- it really goes down to what do we think the root thing is that we want to solve here, and what I've always felt is that the HMG, like other weapons, is, is a victim of either a not understanding its design or not accounting for its design within the scheme of play or the design of the game, or perhaps they did it too. They did it very well, and other parts of the game just don't keep up. Uh, there, there's. I'm not entirely sure where my head's at on that one, but I, I it just this just feels like if there like the HMG is a is a great example of something that is on a continual cyclic nerf buff nerf buff nerf buff, and what what I find fascinating is that we're literally talking about going back to solutions that we saw, you know, patches ago that people were clamoring to get changed to what it is now, yeah, um, and that that's what blows my mind on all this. Uh, it, and that, that is, if nothing else, this is a good indicator of one of my true deep frustrations with the game is the this just continual, fairly rapid pace of change for seemingly the sake of change. Um, now, my... You know, I think there's a lot of things going on here with the HMG piece. One is, it, is it really the machine gun that is the problem? Is it the suit is the problem? Or is it the design of the game and how the game is structured that lends people to wanting to use HMGs and suits? Because its you can't change the maps, because that's really what I think drives a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to change the suit, or do you want to change the machine gun? And, and people are bitching about heavies, now, the one point I do agree with Breaking on, which I don't agree with him on a lot of things, is I think if you if you literally deleted the HMG from the game, game, you'd probably still have a lot of heavy suits with you know rifles, and that's okay too, in my opinion. But I'm not really sure what they're trying to accomplish with this change to the HMGs.
1: The interesting thing I see about it is that there's been kind of there's been a couple camps, uh, two really large cam- you, know, you know, two pretty polarized camps in dealing with the HMG. One wanting to shorten range, lower DPS, one wanting to, you know, lower DPS but increase the range. And I think with what's being introduced between the Assault HMG and um, the nerfs coming to the Burst and the Standard HMG, you're almost getting uh, a test bed of those two ideas. Um, with the assault HMG being kind of a lower DPS, longer rea- longer range. Um the interesting thing that's going about it is the 100% efficacy uh, against vehicles. And then you have the other HMGs which are, you know, bringing the range even closer, even more into CQC in addition to also a um range. And uh, in, in addition to their range nerf, also a damage nerf as well. It's curious to, it's going to be curious to see which kind of philosophy uh, holds out in terms of what people actually use, what, you know, what makes it prevalent. I, I, I have to agree though about the map design issue. I think if you make something that is a king in CQC and the most important part of the game for objective game modes is defending objectives in CQC, it seems like that's gonna become the most prevalent suit in a lot of cases.
2: Well, I think Jay brings up a good point as well, is that we've seen a lot of these changes or very similar changes in the past. And it's like, if you've gone through so many iterations of the HMG to a point where you're changing the stuff you changed in the first place, it sounds like there's more of a fundamental problem with the role and what it's supposed to be doing and less so with the stats. And I think that's kind of where we're at, that it's like, okay, yeah, you can tweak the DPS, you can tweak the range, you can change the heat buildup, but nothing seems to work. So I think that... In general, we might have to divorce ourselves from what our current perception of what the HMG is supposed to do or how it's supposed to perform, and kind of look at it from a, a less, you know, specific number standpoint. More of, you know, how do we want this thing to actually play in game?
5: And this harkens back to the whole AV versus on um, HAVs discussion. I mean, that's been going back and forth for such a long time too. Primarily because HJVs don't really are in the same box as the HMG. They were brought into this game with really no, no sense or wholeness to where it needs to be. So you got, you got a weapon here that you have an idea, it sounds cool, it does cool things, but what is it supposed to do in reflection of everybody else and everything else in the game? And that question still is to this day mostly unanswered. And unfortunately the current answer that players uh, like about it is um, murder everything that's in five feet in front of me. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, here's here's again, this is the one where, like, I struggle. One of the reasons I liked Dust, that I was I really, really got involved in Dust, you know, years ago, was that there there felt like it, you know clearly it's a, it is a sci-fi shooter, acknowledged, okay, but there was also at least some layer of you know plausible reality, or at least a a plausible reality laid over on how all these combat systems would work. Like, and we're, we're at the point now that we're basically making up fucking like, you know, Looney Tunes physics to, you know, to cut, to cover for poor game design or, and, and here's where I really think we're at on not just the HMG, but a lot of things. I think what Rat is doing is he is trying to quote unquote, balance the game but he's doing it with one hand tied behind his back because he he's a smart guy obviously he probably knows there's some fundamental design issues with a lot of things but he can't change them what he can change are you know ultimately is going to be spreadsheet stuff you know he can't change the like the core components of the of the game very easily or he could but it eats up you know a fair allotment of what he's got to work with in terms of how he's budgeting out time and resources so I mean, to me, you know, the HMG, it's like one of those where, yes, if something's in front, like, again, this is the part where you, where you have to acknowledge it. Yeah, it's a sci-fi shooter and all that. It's a game. I got it. But just think about what you're saying. You're talking about a, even, even if it was using the exact same bullet that, you know, or the projectile that came out of a combat rifle, it's firing it at a much faster rate. Um, and it's literally designed to just chainsaw through stuff. That's what they really do like for real. Uh, and and unless they're mounted on a vehicle, by the way, they're not very accurate, you know, like, if, like on a stabilized platform. So I could actually see a scenario where it could have serious recoil because it really doesn't have recoil. It actually gets more accurate when you, you know, the longer you fire it. Like what if it went the other way around? What if it became, what if it had dramatic recoil? That would be pretty legit. You're an unstabilized platform as a person. Even in a power armor suit, walking around with the damn thing, like do that to it. But then increase the range where you could legitimately engage like vehicles at some ra- some you know, legitimate range. Um, but you've got some opportunities in there if you're contending with a heavy, even in CQC, and. And again, if they don't want to use that in CQC because it's not tenable in tight quarters and whatever, great. Let them swap over to like an assault rail rifle or an, or an AR or whatever and just deal with them. And, and, and that's okay. But I'm not really sure if we're trying to solve an HMG problem or if we're trying to solve a Sentinel problem or what we're really trying to do is solve like a bad, or not a bad, but like a, a monostylistic map design problem by messing around with HMGs and Sentinels.
2: Well, I mean, you have to also look at the fact that, like you said, you can't change the maps. The maps are what they are, and the fact remains that close quarters is the primary uh, area surrounding objectives, and that's what you're going for, so you're going to be engaging in close quarters most of the time. And I think some of the issues you're running into is, okay, it's a sentinel, it's a heavy, it should take a lot of hits, it should be, you know... Good at being in a stationary position defending, that makes sense. Okay. And you have the HMG, and well, okay, it's a machine, you know, it's a heavy machine gun. It should, like, it's a chainsaw through everything in front of it. That makes sense. Um, But the things you put those together, it's got more HP than everything in the game, and it can do more damage than everything in the game. It, It. obviously it's going to be the most prevalent thing because you're forced to engage it. I think it's almost too good. The, the, the Sentinel with the h g is almost too good at doing all of those things. I think you have to take something away from it. Otherwise it's going to continue to dominate most of the time because you're forced to engage it in its absolute, you know, optimal uh, range and uh, environment.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I just, I think the point is that what we're doing basically is returning turning. Yeah, I I, th- I think in a weird way, uh, and this goes against what I've said previously about taking away content and and tools in the game, but I honestly think it would be a better solution to remove the HMG, period, uh, if this is the direction we're going, and then 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 just deal with the Sentinel suit and a light weapon. That that's my honest opinion. I don't know. I
1: mean, you you look at the heavy. You have to look at how we're going to really have to look at how the autocannon kind of concept plays out because it's a completely different, the way they keep on approaching the HMG, it's always been kind of staying in this sort of this CQC, um, high DPS, high deep clip, lots of bullets thrown out kind of, way and it's not really changed much you know from that and i think you, this what they're doing with the assault hmg is definitely a pretty fairly large departure from that um and i think you know we'll have to see how it actually plays out uh,
0: live on the servers have you guys looked at the numbers for the assault H- hmg about by- the proposed numbers by yes so it
5: what was, does not look good for anti infantry due to the heat it, and clip. And so, and so let me killer.
0: let me ask you guys a question. Like so, if uh, I think we've all looked at them, so I wanna I'm, I wanna play the lightning round game for one second here with one question. I'm gonna ask everybody what was the first thing that came to your mind, like one one two words, you know, kind of thing, uh, when you first saw those stats. Uh, Ironwolf needs more range. Okay, Kane.
1: It sounds like a light machine gun with not enough range. Pokey?
2: It's gotta be the range. Sixty three meters is not long enough for an A D weapon.
1: Okay. Uh SMB. Uh
4: it just made me think of just all the general changes in the game, man.
0: Okay. Uh Sarai. No comment. Mmm. That's that means you didn't look at the numbers. So my the first thing I thought of was wow, that looks like the new breach AR slash rail rifle that everybody used to bitch about.
2: Yeah, that too. It's it's a lower fire rate, but it's gonna hit like a truck.
0: Yep. Um, I'm looking at the I'm looking at how it lays out at the proto level. So it's six hundred and thirty four DPS. Uh and damage per shot is 616. 61. Sixty one point six right? It's six sixteen yep. total DPS. Mm I'm it's his new damage Six one point six. That's per round. Yeah, that's per round, right? Yeah, and the DPS is six sixteen. So think about that. That's going to hit significantly harder than the old rail rifle before the the nerf cycle started on that thing, and it's going to have a higher rate of fire. And what's the range on it? The range is a. Uh,
1: it's. Effective is sixty three point seven five, which, if you go dig back through some other numbers where, where they show optimals, it looks like the optimal will be just under forty meters.
0: Okay, so, so basically, I just I just handed somebody um, a fucking a breach AR on double steroids.
2: That's well, I mean go,
0: that's not going to work. I'm just uh, like my opinion is that's that's not going to solve a lot of problems. If well, if we're if we're beefing about them being powerful in CQC. Because if we don't see this as a problem, then why in the hell did we start, like, you know, what was the point of, like, going through the massive uh, nerf cycle on things like the rail rifle?
2: Well, I think you're taking a weapon which is fundamentally flawed in its general concept and trying to repurpose it to be an AV weapon without making it ridiculous against infantry. And I think that it's, it's, it's going to cause issues. That's why I was kind of meh about the whole assault heavy machine gun being like an autocannon. I think it's getting more problematic than it's worth.
0: Yeah, I can just, I can, I mean, I'm just imagining, uh, you know, if if we think if we think sentinels are bad now, I'm imagining in some kind of CQC environment where you have to get within, I don't know, 30 meters of a sentinel who's guarding a point or doorway or hallway or an Overwatch position. He's, they're going to be absolutely slashing people with that uh, assault HMG now. Well, and I think it's
2: when I say sh- too short range, I think it's too short range for an A v weapon, but I think I, I it's agree. gonna it's gonna mulch things for for infantry. and it, I, I don't like these hybrid. Let's try to make it be both because I don't think you can properly balance it. I mean, the only reason you can get away with the plasma cannon is that it's damn hard to hit somebody with it, you know in pretty with it. And so that that works, but everything else. I mean, we had a time when the swarms could be both, and that was problematic, so they had to remove the dumbfire because it was such a pain in the ass.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, guys, I mean, we can kind of move on. We got a lot of other things to touch on, but yeah, the HMG that struck me, that, that was literally the first thing that struck me is, is a variation of that pokey is that I, I appreciate that they're adding a, you know, like some sort of AV tool. I thought that was a good, I thought it was conceptually a good idea, but again, the practical nature of it is going to be, it's going to be pretty tough. Uh, I can see HMGs and ASCARs, very quickly, you know, at least when these things drop, starting to be fairly prevalent uh, for a while. Um, Any other thoughts on on those, on the light weapons real quick before we move on? Nope. Okay. Um, Looks like they're adjusting cloak fields a little bit, so they're a little bit easier to fit in terms of the standard and the advanced drop suits, so I think that's that's probably a net win. That's okay. Um, Cloak scouts really aren't aren't nearly the, um, the problem that used to be uh, since they've been tuning on those things for a while. Um, I, I don't run scout enough to really comment on it one way or the other. Uh, I did notice that there's a, a change to the deployables. Uh, so it looks like they're increasing the carried amount of all deployable equipment by three since bandwidth has reduced individual spam of equipment allowing simpler redistrib- redistribution, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we have, however, Let's see. We have, however, also a need to reduce the efficacy of drop uplinks. And we're reducing the number of spawns by 50%. So, I'm just... The way I'm reading this is that when they say all deployables, what do they mean by that? They like, mean all... I have a list.
1: It says nano hives, uplinks, and proxy proxy explosives.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: If, it so... has, if that includes REs, that's that's going to be an issue, but as far as I can tell, then it does not.
0: So, well, like, but, if I'm carrying, like, Ishikone gauge hives, and I can put down four now, I can put down seven? No, you cannot. You can, no, you, the amount you're putting is down same. is the same. Yeah, it's, no, no, yeah, I got that. That's what, that's, but my carried is now seven, not four. That's what you're getting at. No, twelve. What? what?
1: They're
0: multiplying by three or adding three?
1: Three times. Three X. Right, but whoa. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. It, whoa, three X?
1: Three X. Are are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. Then I think it's going to lead to crazy, crazy, crazy nade spam like we've never seen before. Holy shit, yes. Because you're gonna post up you're gonna post up at a position, drop behind, throw grenades, advance after you I'm kill a, people. I'm a huge fan
0: of this. I've just, just i I've, I now I'm dual wielding a mass driver, it's called a core locust grenade. Fucking awesome.
1: That's gonna I think, be bad. I, I think the, I think now would be the opportunity, especially if you're going to be if there's such a need to increase the reserve of equipment because uh, apparently one of the issues is uh, logies and and various other uh, uh, suits having to go back to supply depots to get more equipment after yeah, they get used but, up. I mean, okay, but I think so. I think the what you're going to end up needing to do is turn off grenade resupply, and also RE resupply at hives, like it used to be at one point in the game.
0: Well, that, well I mean, the, the, this this goes back to my comment earlier about, like, what, you know, this is, I mean, I don't play this to have, have it be like some form of, you know, Animaniacs or Looney Tunes. I mean, this, this, there's got to be some sort of, you know, logic to how we're doing this because we've... we've okay, yeah. Yeah. It, this will be interesting to see how this works out. I, I'm. I'm. Uh,
1: the thing that I'm more worried about is the uh, uplinks being tripled because yes, they're going to be reducing their spawn. They're going to be cutting their spawns in half, but you're increasing carrying number by three times. So total number of spawns
0: per per equipment slot is actually going to be increasing. So uh no, well I don't know because. What is when it says the reduce the efficacy of so, drop so, points?
1: What does that mean? So that means uh, so ten spawns becomes five spawns. Twenty spawns
0: becomes ten well, spawns. no, no. So the, the way looking, I read this, it says no. They need to reduce the efficacy and are reducing the spawns per hour point. So what that tells me is that they're going to be slower per spawn and there's going to be less spawns. Is that not accurate?
1: No, that's inaccurate. It's literally just spawns, not speed.
0: Okay, well, it says and not that. Yeah, I should go to the spreadsheet that probably tells me. The, yeah, spreadsheet.
5: Yeah, the spreadsheet says times, times three and max bonds times 0.5, So
0: yeah, I'm
1: looking at the spreadsheet. That's why. May be confusing, but the the numbers are pretty black and white.
2: Oh, and they're also decreasing the bandwidth for proxies. Oh, that's proxies. Okay, that's not as bad. I thought they're reducing remote bandwidth by a so, factor oh. two. I mean, I could buy having an extra nano hive or two like that. That would be kind of nice. Like, two feels a little strict. I, I use the cheap ones. So, like, yeah, like, three would be nice, but
1: times three? I have six of them? That's kind of nuts. Well, not only that, you think about uh, you're going to have three compact nanohives now. That's a yeah. good point. That's a very good point. There's going to be, I mean, I can I can see the compact nano hive actually becoming one of the most commonly used hives on the field because before, you know, having just one of them was, a, you know, a detriment. But having a hive that can rep you and give you ammo and, you know, it's just personal for you and all that kind of stuff, I could see that um, being very common after this. The, inter- the other interesting thing is going to be uh, triage hives. I mean, because you're just going to be able to post up, drop one of those suckers, and if it gets blown up, you're definitely you're going to have a large reserve to then drop more. Um, honestly, I don't see a huge issue. The only issue I really see with the nano hive stuff is the potential um, uh, remote explosive and um, uh, grenade spam that's going to result as a, as a from it.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I'll buy. The, I'll buy the change. It's just the the degree at which it's being increased seems insane.
0: I think that I mean now I'm I'm looking at this from a Logi standpoint. So I, it it does mean I need to be I, I can be a little bit less careful with when I put equipment down. Now the other thing is that what it devalues is equipment destruction. That's that's actually how I'm how I view it is you know counter to logy play if you, if you are working from de- a deployable standpoint is like, you know, a couple well-placed, you know, a well-placed flux grenade can wipe out like a, a, a defensive positions, you know, like sustainment capability. This kind of, this, this kind of devalues that, or it starts to really degrade your ability to, to work those, o- work that over. Cause if you think about it, when guys are hard pointed in, you know, they've got hives and uplinks around and all that kind of stuff. And, and if you can't break them, Fairly quickly, one of the things you you really start looking at is like, I got to get rid of all of the stuff that's keeping them alive, which is some of those repping hives. It's, you know, probably the additional uplinks they're hidden in corners, all that kind of shit. So this does, I mean, from that aspect, I'm kind of with Pokey on this. Again, it's, I think the general trend I'm seeing is, wow, they're increasing that by a lot, you know?
1: And not only that, you mentioned the flux grenade. Now take it to the to the larger degree, a large EMP flux, you know, that designed to clear out a whole area of, of uplinks. Now, um, I know a lot of people will will hold an uplink in reserve, but with this many, they don't have to you know. uplinks. I mean, you can just the digging people out of an entrenched position, which has always been kind of an issue in dust. In a lot of cases, like you know, whoever gets entrenched first is generally going to win. Um, it's very difficult to unseat people in a lot of situations.
0: I would agree. I think this actually has made it a little a little tougher. Um, I, if they were going to do this, I would have expected some something like there would be a reduction of... Like, for example, like, I, like for nano hives, I would have expected something along the order of what they're doing with the uplinks where you can carry more, but there's less nanites in the hive. Um, but, but this is... I mean this is pretty powerful. Um I'm I don't know if it's a buff. I don't think it's a buff or a nerf. I think it's just different. I I'm not I'm not real sold it's a great idea right now. S what are your thoughts on this, man? I'm just I'm curious you're you look at this from a from the from same, same perspective, perspective I do, I think. think. Uh, I mean, there was a time where
4: I was a big supporter of more max carried, you know, of lower efficacy. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm not anymore, but, you know, with bandwidth now, it sort of changes the dynamic of things a little bit. Um, I, you know, it's I'm kind of in a wait and see mode with this one, uh, to be perfectly honest. Like, I, I think it's going to be cool in some ways because it doesn't... Um, put Lodgies in a position where they have to constantly go back to the resupply all the time. But, um, you know, like you guys have pointed out, you know, what does that mean for when you're trying to disentrench uh, someone from a spot? And, um, you know, what does it mean for the big orbital strike, uh, you know, the flux orbital strike? It's it, There's just a lot of unknowns. And um, I'm cautious, but at the same time, like on the surface, it kind of looks cool to me. And uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out. But I could see this being something that we would have to walk back if it doesn't work out right
0: yeah I, I think I think I kind of echo that as like I mean it, this may turn out to be perfectly fine but I can uh, it's just I, I think there's enough about it that makes me a little bit a little bit concerned on that um, in terms of the the second third order of effects and, and like I said actually now that you mentioned that if you implemented this with like less efficacy per unit of deployment like per hive or whatever uh, like this. This looks like almost a good um, alternate course of action than than bandwidth. It looks like something you should have done either this or bandwidth. If that makes sense. Yeah,
4: yeah, I hear what you're saying. And in fact, uh, when when we had this proposal sort of knocking around prior to bandwidth, that's exactly um, sort of the way that it was going. It was oh, more, okay. more max carried. And, um, you know, you had less nanites in, in your, your nano hives and your uplinks produced, you know, far fewer spawns, even less than half. And uh, it was supposed to create a situation where Logiwork, you know, in terms of lane uplinks and lane nano hives was going to more resemble the active sort of play that you got from like injectors and from rep tools and
0: okay. from scanners. Yeah,
4: um, it, was, it was trying to make it a, just a, a more active for, sort of play style. Um, you were going to constantly have to replace hives, constantly have to put up uplinks. Um, and now that we have bandwidth and now this is coming, I, you know, I'm sort of st- still trying to wrap my head around it. I'm not sure how it's going to play out. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh,
0: but, uh, like I said, I'm pretty cautious on it. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. Um, let me kind of slide down here. One that caught my eye, um, myofib- myofibro simulants, uh, are going to increase jumping capability, which I, th- I think is probably a good idea. Uh, it makes a lot of makes a lot of logical sense, um, so I, I don't really have a big issue with that. The one thing that I, that caught me was, you know, the comment about like, hey, like all you sentinels that can't jump over like a three inch curb, you can now if you fit a module. That why not just give the sentinels a little bit more fucking vertical leap, maybe? Just yeah.
2: Yeah, I think the idea of the jump height for the the myros is just fine, but yeah, the jump height on sentinels is. Even commandos to some extent is is ridiculous that I can't get over a six inch step because I have an armor plate on is just stupid.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not asking to be able to dunk a basketball in my fat suit, but I, I think I think you know, allowing allowing you to navigate over, you know, a curb would be pretty cool <laughs> without having to have a module. Yeah, yeah. Like the
2: reduced jump height, I, I can get that. But when it impairs basic movement on a lot of terrain, that's a problem. I'm not, like you said, I'm not asking to hurdle over railings here, but just basic movement around the map. Like even just getting over maybe the the lip of like a container can be difficult sometimes, and it's that. That's just a bad design at that point.
0: Yeah, I, I mean because we don't have some sort of vaulting mechanic or or oh, basic, or I wish or basically anything like that. You know. Something above knee height that you can get over, not even fluidly, but like, you know, somewhat in in a basic manner. I mean, that's just the, I think the only thing we have to work with basically is jumping, which is a really, really tough thing to work around, I think, uh, if if you're not careful with it. Uh, Let's see, moving on down, uh, turrets, small turrets, they're going to adjust the blaster small turret again for the 15th time since I've been playing Dust. Uh, in a in a attempt to make it the king of anti infantry small turrets again for the fifteenth time I've seen it touched in dust um, interesting so reduced dispersion uses the same mechanic the HMG has where the longer you fire it, the more accurate it becomes which by the way is an absolutely fucking mind boggling mechanic to me I have no idea why why that why we would even entertain that but um, interesting so. They're going to make it a little bit more like the HMG. Okay, well, uh, we'll see how that works out for them.
2: Yeah, because um, you know, the HMG is working so perfectly well right now,
1: right? Well, look, it, so- it sounds like, uh, to me, when I read that, it reminds me of how Blaster Turrets were back in, like, Chromosome and stuff like that.
0: It- anybody ever knows how often we say that? Like, wow, this change sounds exactly like patch One point Whatever. Yeah. Or, like, hey, you remember that time back in X? You know, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm honestly not poking at him for that i, I mean i think that I, like i said I, I i have truly come to the realization that i believe that ccp ratati is doing everything he can with the tools that he has but you you can't he can't overcome certain just fundamental components of the game he's got to work around but but again i like i why was the idea that you should get more accurate with a heavy weapon the longer you fire it like what where did that come from
2: them trying to be different. I think that's really the only reason is that they wanted to get a, a mini gun that performed differently than
0: what you would typically see in another, another game. I, I mean, I've like, I would actually like it if the longer you fired it, the more stable a rail rifle became <laughs> like, holy shit. If that's how we're, if that's how we're, if that's how we're using inverse dispersion or inverse recoil, which is kind of, you know, re, you know, a separate thing, but this, I've never understood that mechanic for the HMG, by the way. Um, And I certainly don't understand it for the small blaster turret. I do appreciate that he's trying to really give the small blaster something to do, though. Uh, Large turrets? Uh, Let's see. I'm not even going to touch this one, Pokey. I'm going to turn over the... I should turn over all vehicle shit from turrets and vehicles to you right now. So if you can kind of help walk us through this, because I really don't want to misstep here because I just don't know enough about vehicles to really, you know, give you a hazard guess. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll just
2: touch on the really basic stuff. It looks like that basically what they're doing is like for large blasters, DPS is going up by quite a bit um, to make it a lot more effective in close quarters. They're dropping the fire rate down a little bit. Um, So it's obviously firing slower, which I, I think might be a way to curb the anti-infantry. Uh, I hope so. Um, but they're also really on- Well, they're, was- they're, they're adding a, an active module which allows them to decrease their dispersion buildup temporarily. Um, that's coming, I believe, in Echo as well. Uh, Magazine size is being drastically reduced from 205 to 75, so it's going to uh, have to reload a lot more often, and the heat buildup's going up by uh, about 33%, so it's going to overheat, I forget what I calculated it out to, but a little bit quicker than it was before. Uh, But yeah, you're you're basically going to see mostly uh, an increase in in DPS overall for the the large blaster. Uh, Large railgun, not a lot of changes bigger magazine size it's going to overheat in three shots instead of four uh a lot more max ammo and reserve um and a bit longer reload time from eight to ten seconds the large missiles they aren't changing the dps they're basically effectively making it so it fires uh, like it because the, the way large missiles currently work is you basically drop all 12, all twelve missiles into a tank and you know hopefully blow it up before you have to reload. What they're doing is basically making it so it takes twice as long to do that. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I think there's a fundamental problem with the large missiles, but that's what they're doing for Echo is making it so it fires slower uh, and increasing the reload for some reason. I'm not sure why, but that's about it for large large turrets.
0: Okay, cool. um And it looks like there's a lot of adjustments to the modules. Um, I noticed there's a shield regulator for vehicles now, which could be kind of interesting. Um, Let's see, active heat sink, and then the dispersion stabilizer you noted. Uh, I think that might be kind of interesting, the uh, the shield regulator. Uh, That might actually, I'm not sure how that'll play out, but uh, it's anything that gives you more equities in terms of or more things to play with as a vehicle operator this i mean, i guess strikes me as a good thing right
2: well i mean we lost a ton of modules when they did the whole rework i mean it pretty much stripped vehicles down to the bare bones and we're, we're getting a couple of those back like the, the heat sinks is was an old favorite of mine the regulators are nice because on the caldari one that's normal recharge delay is four seconds if you put two proto regulators on it drops down to about 1.8 seconds and why that's important is that that's actually a shorter delay than a lot of refire on AV weapons. So even a maxed out like plasma cannon, which is typically the, the best thing use against a gunlaji right now, is uh, on a commando is, is 2.22 seconds, which means that you're going to be starting your recharge in between plasma cannon shots. So I think that putting regulators in your lows is going to be actually very valuable to, to shield tankers because they can regenerate even under fire effectively from, from AV weapons. And I think a large part of why they wanted to do that is that basically vehicles have the opposite problem of infantry where infantry have a lack of high high slot modules. Vehicles have a severe lack of low slot modules. And for shield tanks, there wasn't much to put in your lows that was useful besides armor plates, and they wanted to move away from that. So I think getting regulators in the low slots will encourage actual shield module usage instead of hybrid tanking, which I think is a good thing overall.
0: Okay. Um, now, the... They actually did touch LAVs, which I, I was not expecting. Uh, so it looks like there's quite a few things going on there. I, I'm not entirely sure I see I see kind of what the, the end state or the, the end division is, is going to be for the LAVs. Um, but it looks like they're reducing their effective tank and they're increasing, I think, their fitting capacities, the with the way it reads?
1: So they're, they're cutting their HP in half. Um, just straight across the board. Uh, so, you know, you're ending up with on a uh, Mathana, you're ending up with 325 shield, uh, 1225 armor versus 650 to uh, 2450. And on the Saga, you got 1200 shield, 900 armor. That's just getting cut straight in half to 600, 450.
2: Why would they do that? Well, okay, basically the, the it was the same mentality used in the HAV rebalance is that they want to lower the base HP so that you're encouraged to actually put modules on your, your vehicles rather than uh, – because, I mean, like, like the Mathana could get over 3,000 HP without any modules on it, which is kind of insane. So the idea is that if you use an unfit vehicle, it's going to be very easy to kill. And if you fit it, it's going to obviously be harder to kill. Now, I think that the LAVs in general need a full you know uh, pass in terms of – because uh, I mean for the, the HAVs of the days, they, they dropped the, the base HP down but then gave them uh, additional slots to put you know more HP modules into. So again making the base hull weaker and put more reliance on the modules. I think the same thing needs to happen to the LAVs but this seems like what he's going for is like a quick we're going to do this and get it done properly later by dropping the base HP, and giving you more fitting. I don't think it's it should be the final solution, but I think that it's a, it's a stopgap for the time being. So I, I can't complain about it too much.
1: Well, and and the other thing that is changing is the um, shield uh, regen threshold is being lowered significantly. I think it's lowered being lowered from one hundred and twenty to forty. So that means that things like the assault HMG will be able to shot will be able to stop shield regen, and um, take in order to take out. Uh, LAVs. And like the the last thing was uh, the scan distance is being doubled from 15 meters to 30 meters. Okay.
0: So, well, a, a quick question about that. Like when you fit an active scanner on like your LAV, does it increase your native active scans? No. Or is that a separate value? It's, it's
1: actually a module that gives you an 80 meter radius scan. And at the proto tier, it's 28 dB. So it's like a 160 meter bubble creodrone flux scanner rolling around on the field on the battlefield. Something that's quite awesome, but very underutilized. I think in the current meta. Uh, oh,
0: I, that's that's actually the only thing. I mean, that's the sole purpose I have for lavs. Is you know you can put malicious tank on them and stuff, but I actually try to put a little bit of sp into. Having the uh, the capability to put a good scanner on them because that that's straight money. That's very useful. I, I really I, I think that uh, you know it's kind of a, a kind of a
3: missing thing in the game to have a, a good just straight up fast transport. I know that uh, one of our infamous fanfests had suggested like a, a a speeder type of thing. Yeah. And without it, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm not thrilled with the idea of of nerfing. Unfitted labs because I think they already die pretty darn quickly as an yeah. avier. There's yeah. no, that's there's, a there's great no, point. There's no challenge to killing ah. them, and I, I like the fact that they offer people a way to get around the map without running for like
0: three minutes you just know, to die
3: in ten seconds.
0: I gotta, I gotta give, I gotta, I gotta agree with Zell on this a little bit. I mean, the ability to kill lavs right now, now that the you know the ubiquitous logi lab is gone, like. Oh, those, I mean, they're kind of made out of fucking plastic, you know? I mean, the issue before, though, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't
1: know. It's going to be really curious to see what happens in terms of the meta with the LAVs because, uh, you know, we reintroduced BPO LAVs for sale, but the starter LAV was never reintroduced. And I'm actually sure, and I don't even think you can, can you buy a militia LAV? on the market. I'm just not I have never no had to
0: buy one, so. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I just I just well like I said, I, I tend to agree with Zells one. they're you, they're not really hard to kill. So that's the first thing. Oh, uh, I don't
1: like even you would take uh 2 to 3 shots of Proto AV to hit uh just even a standard LAV with not even if it wasn't like f- it was fit with pure malicious stuff. Mm. To, so, yeah, but, but,
0: I mean, but, I mean, think about it, it's like, you can two-shot kill an LAVs, that's, I mean, that's not, that's not hard. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, it honestly isn't, like, I, and I've routinely killed LAVs with um, AV grenades, you know, I mean, that, I, I guess, I guess my thought is, like, they're, they're certainly not at the point where you had the oh. Logi Labs, where they were just, like, damn near zombie, I mean, you could kill Speaking,
1: speaking of AV grenades, they're increasing the carry count to three.
0: Yeah, I did see that, which is pretty that's, handy. That's good. The, I mean, but again, like I said, I, I'm not really... I, I'll be interested to in see how it goes with the lab thing. I'm all about, like, you know, hey, fit something on, it's okay. But again, it's not like these things are unkillable. They're pretty easy to kill. Um, so I could...
1: I, yeah, I, I think that. more slots would have... I mean, I think giving them, a, like, I don't know. I think just the fitting bonus may not be enough. I think we're going to have to see how these roll out. But I think we're going to find that... More slots are also
0: needed for the LAVs as well for them to be somewhat reasonable. You know, one thing that just kind of struck me, by the way, no pun intended with this, but like if they're going to cut the tank in half, does that also mean when you bump into stuff or something bumps into you, you're going to be that much easier? <sighs> to-
1: you know what? I, I really kind of w- I expect the answer is yes because damage, collision, you're going to explode. So, J- you know, J Labs are going to be even easier to, to execute. With this, because they pop even faster when you run into something. True, um, but I'm
0: I'm also thinking but, about just playing and trying to drive around and, and running like, into a know, rock and explode. Or, yeah, that's know, exactly what I see is going to happen.
1: <laughs> you know, I I really wish what they would do is they would just say, okay, here's the collision model that we use for the have. Let's just give this to all the vehicles and be done with it. Because right now the collision for both LAVs and drop ships is very unforgiving. Um, I know that dropship squishing was a problem in the past, but I think, um, especially with the starter fit AVs and stuff, uh, you know, starter fits, and you're getting the plasma cannon now as a starter fit. I, I don't know. I'm not as concerned with there being dropship squishing. You yeah, know? I kind of buy that. Yeah,
2: I, I think you're totally right, Kane. And that, like I said, I don't think that this fix by any means should be final. I think it should have a full, proper rebalance pass, and that that would include. Uh, more modules and whatnot. I think this is kind of a quick, you know, just like throw something at it to to make the unfit LAV less effective. I mean, I I, I guess I disagree that I think that if you want to, if you want to be able to handle any appreciable amount of AV, you need to actually fit something on on the
1: vehicle. I I really think that both the assault HMG and this nerf to the LAVs was a direct response to countering murder taxi.
0: Like, is that a problem? I mean, not, wait, not I, really. i'm not tracking that that's a beef right now it, it happens but it's not nearly what it was before i mean it is I mean, here's the thing like right now it's i'm not worried about getting run down by these damn things i can kill them very quickly all it, i mean what i'm seeing right here and i th- and i think he even mentioned it somewhere in, in in a later post was you know yeah deliver deadly payloads uh blah blah, blah, blah. let's see he said something about it where like you know yeah they zoom around with passengers, HMZ Sentinels, who then jump out and then zap you. So instead of doing something like, I don't know, making it fucking slower to get in and out of the vehicle, like you do this? Is that, well, is that where this is coming from? See, but see, getting out
1: of a vehicle is something that would take a client-side patch. So this is something that could be right, done again, uh, this, in, this, a hot, this, in a hot fix. That's what I'm thinking. I That's, think
0: this, this continues to, to reinforce my, my thought pattern that we're making some – Fairly, I mean, there's some some kind of out there changes to some stuff because we can't fix the game, so we're hey, maybe that's going, the
1: game, maybe that BPO for the five million clone challenge is a speeder bike. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah right. <they're> right. <laughs> no, I don't know. I I guess like I I think I think it's the way that the tools that, that they're given to solve these problems. It's. You know, absolutely the wrong tools in many cases to solve what is a root problem, and, and they just can't get to.
1: Fine with LAVs being one-shotted, honestly, and by a by if by high-end AV on an unfitted vehicle, I think people are going to learn to to actually fit the dang, the dang things pretty quickly. Yeah, don't get
2: me don't get me wrong. I think that if you actually fit it properly, they should be pretty damn tanky. But if you if you don't put anything on it, I think it should pop as easily as an unfit drop soon I mean, it it should be something you don't want to do if you're going to take any fire.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I just I'm just not sure that this is this is really solving anything right now. Okay. Um, well, let's let's kind of move on. I, like, I'll I'll be very honest. With you. I'm a little wary of getting into HAVs right now because that's a pretty comprehensive change that I know we've talked about. Um, would you guys be okay if we tabled the, the talk topic about HAVs to perhaps the next show? That's uh, all in terms sure. of what? Sure. On? Would that be yeah, okay?
2: I, I'm not in the mood to deal with it right now. Yeah. The,
0: yeah. the
1: only awesome. thing that the only thing that we missed that I would say we pro- that might be interesting to bring up is the fact that uh, vehicles are being removed from ambush entirely.
0: That's a good point. That's a very good point, point. and it's. Uh, I think that would be maybe not a bad thing. I know that's definitely going to upset you know some folks, but
1: I mean, I mean, I've started tanking a pretty good bit lately, and uh, and talking to some like some tankers, they're like, yeah, that makes sense, and then other tankers are like, well, I'm a pilot, so why am I not allowed to play this game mode? You know, this is the kind of the thought. And I can understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think it's fine there for there to be an environment where uh, people can have, I don't know know if it's like a safety net or I don't know. I just feel like if people are playing just infantry role, they want a place to go do that. And I think majority of the community is infantry.
0: If, if that is going to happen, well, I, 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 hear what you're saying, man. I think the, and by the way, I am, I'm purely only being, uh, providing a counterpoint to you on this one. I, I, I'm not sure where my thought or, thought isn't because it doesn't affect me that much because I don't play that much ambush nor do I run vehicles that often. Um, if somebody told you we want a game mode that there's a safety net, so we don't feel that you should be able to run like a, a sentinel in this game mode, like would you receive it the same way?
1: Yeah, see that's the thing. Like one of the things I do a lot these days is we do party tanks in ambush, sure, no, which I
0: think is a great. I, I love that
1: tactic, by the way. Um, and it just. I, I feel almost dirty sometimes doing it because it's just, a lot of the people just don't know how to react to, and, and not only that, a lot of the times, the way the spawns are in Ambush, it's who calls in the vehicle first uh, wins, you know, because the you'll have your vehicle down on the ground like, I have an SSD, so I'll be down on the ground I'll have my tank already coming down before, you know, while some guys are still spawning in, so it's... Yeah, if
3: you're trying to spawn vehicles, SSDs are mandatory. <laughs>
1: and i can i mean i can just see uh, in a lot of cases where it you know, in ambush oms a lot of times it's who spawns in the vehicles first and gets them on to target denies the other enemy team spawn their chance to spawn in vehicles and a lot of infantry just don't bother I, you know this is more of a fault i you know I, I wouldn't fault the vehicle users for this but then you have a lot of infantry that don't bother trying to switch to av because they're more concerned with all the infantry running up on them and killing them so then the vehicles end up having free range. Well
3: part of the problem is that unlike the uh unlike the vehicles, infantry actually do have to contend with all of the other infantry while trying to potentially A yeah. V.
1: Yeah. Um I mean that's I can see both sides of the coin. But I, I do see that it could potentially um help newer players in the game in terms of not have like having kind of an ease in. Into that kind of aspect, like um, you get to play skirmish and Dom to get the kind of mixed, you know, combat environment with vehicles and infantry. But then you have like the team deathmatch, classic team deathmatch and
0: ambush. Yeah, no, and, and like I said, I I don't, I'm not sure. I disagree with you on that at all. I just, um, it's it's one of those where I'm leery of coming up with a solution of we're just not gonna have this component of the game eligible to be played with in this environment. Now, that being said, I, I like where I, where I'm okay with it is I kind of make the, probably the inartful and incorrect logic leap of, well, you can't use smart bombs or caps and high sec or something like that. that You do an Eve, like there's constraints there too. So I, I can kind of make a, make that sort of mental leap on it. But well, well, we had a, when we had a higher
1: player population, it wasn't as much of an issue because you had ambush and ambush OMS as separate s- separate things that were selectable.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, do you think that in some small way that maybe because the player population isn't that isn't yeah. that high anymore that that's leading us down this road?
1: But yeah, I could definitely see that being an issue but, because the thing about it before is ambush, straight fifty clone ambush. Um, when you removed the vehicles from it, provided that outlet. Uh, and the desire, you know, and obviously the desire for that kind of outlet is there. Um, maybe no longer, you know, they can no longer, eat. who knows, maybe CCP has statistics where people will queue in and they'll see it's an OMS and leave the match. I, I don't think I've ever really seen lots of people leaving matches for
0: OMS, yeah. but. No, I think probably, I think you're probably onto it, man. Um, So, th- I mean, by the way, that was a good catch on that one. Um, One, so. Probably the last topic for the evening that I kind of wanted to, to pitch out there to folks is, um, what did you what did you want to see in Hotfix Echo, or what did you think you were going to see in Hotfix Echo that you didn't see that you want in the next one? Um, and I'll I'll lead off with uh, Pokey on this one.
2: Um, real short. I'd, I'd like to see some slight tweaks to the Commando, and I think that the logistics need a long-deserved
1: uh, buff in many regards. Okay, um, Kane. I'm pretty happy with Echo um, and what's in it. Um, there's nothing really that stands out to me that is a burning thing that I would want in uh, um, Foxtrot, although I would love to ha- start seeing some um, PC issues actually start getting interest, like, you know, uh, the clone selling. And, and um, one of the things that's kind of a prevalent issue right now is uh, alt-farming um districts, you know, attacking and automatically even if no one shows up, automatically getting isk out of those matches. I think that's something that would be that's hot fixable that could be turned off, that I think should be turned off with upcoming wealth generation from clone selling.
0: Okay. All right. That's that's a good catch. Um Ironwolf, you back?
5: Yes I am. Uh, I would like I would like to see the follow up to snipers. Um uh, they were done in um uh, was it
0: Delta? What was it? I, th- I think so. Yeah, it was definitely one of the earlier ones.
5: Yeah, I like to see the follow-up to that, trying to trying to um, bring in a sense of progression, um, adjust some of the um, some of the new nuances between the, each of the variants, um, make the tactical probably a little bit more better. No, um, for its ranges and maybe in, maybe improve the zoom for everybody.
0: Okay. All right. I can work with that. Sarai? Um,
3: I, I I'm trying to remember what what i've been looking for lately and and i can't i'm sorry Uh, hot fixes are are hot fixes um i i I still lie mostly in in focus of of the patch content that i want to see
0: which would be what
3: well that would be telling
0: your your ability to play Koi has failed miserably but yeah you have that one okay um Let's see. SMB, any thoughts? Anything you wanted to have make it in or something you'd like on the top of the list for Foxtrot?
4: Um, I'm going to speak for both myself and Crossa too here when I say that uh, we're still sort of wondering where our Logibuff is. We're uh, big supporters of that. Um, So, you know, I I wasn't necessarily anticipating it making an echo, but, uh, you know, it's definitely something that we've been waiting on for quite some time. But uh, beyond that, um, I was hoping that uh, the dev team would have upped the uh, salvage even more. Um, I'm I'm hoping that the game goes in that direction. If not, the the proposal that I've talked about in the past to kill, uh, keep what you kill, but at least uh just just more um, salvage tied to some sort of action in some in some way, whether that's um a number of kills, a war point total, or something. Just make it so that uh, salvage collection is a more active, um, sort of thing, but, um, it looks like salvage is going to stay where it is right now. So.
0: Okay. Yeah. That that's, uh, you bring up a couple, couple of pretty good ones there. Uh, for me, uh, there was, there's basically kind of two things. The first one, uh, you and Pokey just both hit on it is we've been waiting a long time for like kind of a, 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 pass on the lodgy suits. And, I've I've actually heard some people that describe bandwidth as a buff and I think there's been a couple that have described the equipment deployable changes as a buff and I've also heard people say that you know logies probably need to have their warpoint war generation capability nerfed uh, or their rep tool their ability to utilize rep tools the way that we currently do changed and we've heard absolutely nothing from Rottari, like literally, like nothing. Um, that that aggravates me because that's that's the that is the play style or the thing that I like playing, uh, and I feel like it's the the thing that is um, basically not been touched really at all, or at least not in a meaningful way where it, where it keeps up. And, and I and I do contribute a little a little bit of that, similar to maybe how the commando uh, stuff works out, is that. Because you have a minority of, a fairly small minority of players that truly, truly specialize and get into that role. Like, maybe our voice isn't hard enough or, or, you know, or because we're not killing people, uh, which is what really creates change. If you think about it, the number one change driver in Dust is the thing that is most killing me is the thing I am most demanding change for. Um, But it's really easy to overlook, you know, all of the other play aspects. Uh, that don't directly re- revolve around KDR so uh, I me personally I was really I was kind of hoping to see that in echo I think that had been hinted, hinted at a couple times previously um, and it just never materializes uh, so and I will also a slight call out here um, there are some pretty lengthy logi threads that are that are, have a lot of great material in them without a single blue tag in them um, that I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it troubles me or I'm angry, but it does frustrate me a little bit because there does seem to be a fairly consistent, if not, if, if not engagement, at least tacit monitoring of, you know, things like the barbershop, which by the way, it's not about the barbershop or the scout community. I mean, I'm all about the fact that they have like a subculture that they, that that is very vibrant inside dust. I'm absolutely all about that. But like, it would be very nice if we would get a little bit of attention to the you know, to some of the other playstyles, Logistics being one, and like I said, I, I think the commandos probably are, are still in some kind of weird limbo between you know, the assault suits and something else. So I'm not, not really sure kind of what to do with that, but it sure feels like they need to have something happen to them. And I guess the last one is an echo of what SMB said is like a continued tweak or adjustment on sort of the payouts that we get or how we get payouts. I I would still point out that it that even with all the changes, it's still gonna take guys like Soraya who were putting zero Aurum into the War Barge process like years to get to where
2: it's
3: so some slow. Folk have gotten. I got I hit War Barge level three though.
0: I've been noticing so much more
1: drops though in matches. Like I ended up with over, well over a thousand Warbarge components just by playing
0: today.
2: Yeah, it's it's a lot better now but it still doesn't feel quite right.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's when you hit like you know level three was it level four is like ten thousand plus war barge components for a given subsystem or whatever the hell it is. That's that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> the um, it, it's like I said, those two things are the ones that I, I would uh, I would prefer in a hotfix to be to be addressed uh, if at all possible. Uh, And I think they're all, they're fairly easy to address as well. And I think there's consensus on some things that we can do that are not over the top or game breaking. Uh, But, you know, it it is what it is. So I I think that covers what I wanted to talk about for the most part tonight. And what I want to do is very briefly, uh, open it up real quick. Um, If there's anything else you guys wanted to touch on, or if there's anything you wanted to uh, engage on it all because we've got a little bit of time left before we hit shout outs or, or we can start kind of moving to shout outs if nobody's got um, the,
3: the big thing would be the five million clone challenge
0: now oh, we got an update and, uh, on that yeah
3: yeah we do have some uh, update progress on that uh, you don't read Skype enough I do I do um, not. so uh, it looks like we're not gonna hit it um, because there's been an update on the event that says um, incoming transmission. It would seem that you guys need a hand. I've disabled the primary systems and added 48 hours to the counter. I've also extracted a dropsuit module that you might just get your hands on once I am done with modifications. You're welcome.
0: Where, where did you get that?
3: Um, Dust514.com slash events slash MCC5
0: I've been trying to pull that link and Twitter. up and it, it is not. It is not coming up.
3: Um, okay, so it looks like um, they've added two days to uh, the event, and uh, they're also highlighting that uh, the event exclusive BPO is a dropsuit module.
0: Cool. So let's see if they I'm ch- I'm trying to do the mental math in my head of how far off the pace we are. So it sounds like we're off the pace by at least a day if they're going to give us two.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like they said, the last actual numbers they gave, or not really numbers even, I guess, just ballpark, was they said we were over half as of Saturday morning. So if Saturday morning we're at two point five million, um, and we know that Saturday and Sunday activity is way up from from like during the week, um, I'm kind of surprised we we are. I mean, I would think we're at least close. Hopefully, they'll post actual numbers soon.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of cool if we could get like a running tally, like on the uh, like on the MOTD or something like that. That'd be actually kind of that. That would be really handy.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the other tweets that Frame said was he said, um, "Hamsters fallen asleep, rebooting, and tweeting latest numbers soon. Sorry about the delay." So I'm not sure if there's maybe an issue with uh, getting that metric out.
0: Okay, I- I'm just curious. Did you think that uh, five five million clones was uh, a bit aggressive or did you were you pretty c- comfortable with it you know
3: i i thought my personal view was that we would hit it but that it would be like we'd just manage it i you know i i don't know if that might have been a little too uh too confident but i i thought we'd make it um i i like you know the the thing was the the previous though is having a 1 million clone over the weekend was given the fact that we over doubled it every weekend. You know, it, it wasn't much of a challenge.
0: Do you, do you think we had a different a different community base doing that than you do now? We also
1: had a he- heck of a lot of different numbers. That's true. When was the last clone challenge? Uh, the million clone challenge. Yeah, yeah. two million clone challenge? What, that was probably around...
3: I thought it was only a couple of months since the last one.
0: No, it was it was a while it's ago. It's almost like last year. It was it was last year. It was I think it was even before Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, I'm we're seeing around sup- October ish. September September
3: nineteenth was the last one. Well, that was the second one, anyways. I don't know if do we have
0: more than that. No, this is two. Yeah. Okay. Th- yeah, this is the third. If that makes sense. Okay. No, I, now, I I also noticed something that was that was interesting. Um, if this were Eve and the player base did not meet the mark, nobody would get anything. But because this is dust, we're going to continue to give you more time in order to reach the goal, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just it, I'm just pointing that out is that I, they're probably very cog- cognizant, at least the guys in Shanghai are very cognizant of the fact that, that, you know, it would probably not help anything that they're doing to say, oh, I'm so sorry, guys, you got nothing. My bad. Try harder next time. That That would not go over well, I don't think.
1: I don't think it would be good press either, too. I think it would just lead to a lot of gnashing of teeth and, like, oh, there's not enough people logging in dust to actually meet this goal, even though CCP probably sat down and crunched numbers.
5: Uh, I'll mention another game that did some that has similar events, so to say, where they had passed and fail conditions, which would have been in Warframe. And for the longest time, players were not allowed to fail events in Warframe. So when the last one came out, the Eyes of Blight event... It was okay, you have to grind down this one level, and if you don't grind it down enough, you lose a, you lose the station, which just recently came out. And these stations were supposed to be like little player cities. Well no one believed that they would actually go out and um start filling the events. And sure enough, um, we're down to two uh, three stations on the PC version. Well <laughs> we we
1: had eleven. <laughs> I mean, I think the issue becomes in this situation is more of people go out, they won their three matches, so to speak, you know, and that's the other thing that that's different. Uh, this time around, the last time it was participate in ten matches, this time it's win three.
5: There's also the so-called so-called lack of incentive SP to do it, which I can actually be agreeable considering we can um triple stack those suckers now.
0: Yeah, I, 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 f- I don't know. They devalue us. Well, devalue SP is maybe not the right term, but when you can fairly easily crank off fifteen thousand SP per match, that's you know without having any any you know modify uh gosh, any boosters uh, loaded up. That's pretty. That's def- a, that's definitely over the top. If you're a Logi, yeah, that's
1: an easy number to hit.
5: Well, you throw on your three omega boosters, and you um, at the end of the match you turn on your three um three more extra ones. So
0: no I I know but like I said like the ability to generate SP is just it's so dramatically different than than it was I do think a, a
1: million do you think that um a mystery prize I uh, was kind of like a, uh, I think uh, a million if you had done a million SP in addition to all that other stuff you would have definitely I, I would probably, that. you would definitely have a uh, more you know one enthusiastic thing enthusiastic would- turnout
5: one thing I would like, would have loved to see as a prize event as well, would have been on loyalty points for your rank stuff.
0: Uh, again, because, I go because back because
5: you're participating in an event, you should get participation points, so to say. I, I'm so, telling
0: you again, man. I go back to we need to like that. It would be really cool if we could come up with some more creative type of events that are not focused on just KDR, because like like at the end of the day, like everything in Dust so revolves around. Just the raw number of kills through any different metric that that's how we do feedback that's you know killings of former as they say um but that actually in my opinion just that overall mindset just drives the game to be more shallow and more shallow over over time um so i I really wish they would come up with something else i'm a big fan of like using Loyalty points for different factions, Iron Wolf. I, th- I, th- I, think that'd be a like a faction-based event. Would be fucking awesome. No, I wasn't
5: referring to the faction warfare ones. The, um, the game one, the one that a lot of players have complained about.
1: Your loyalty rank. Oh, yes. Sure,
0: yeah, yeah. I'd be down with that. That, like, yeah, sure. That, that'd be pretty cool to, to upgrade. I mean, that way you could, you know, increase your rank without buying more arm. I'd be a fan of that.
1: So, does anybody have any theories about what the modules gonna be? I think Pokey's
0: got it right in the Skype channel. Yeah, I. I Universal think it, damage it, mod. It's,
3: the problem is, there's three of us in here that can't actually talk to you about it. So,
0: damn. Sure. Yeah, sure. that's okay.
2: But yeah, light? I think I think it's a damage mod that affects heavy, light, and sidearm weapons at the same time. That would be a BPO that makes sense for the event because you're killing people, and it would be unique because. Uh, current damage mods only affect one of the three at a time.
1: My, my pie-in-the-sky theory is that they figured out how to get skins to work. That was, actually, their...
0: that was actually the first thing I thought of, is that <laughs> they've got a way to,
1: to do uh, skins, and then if I saw what, that. Because it would be something that would actually warrant there being a dev blog for it. Yeah, that's will that.
0: That's true. And
2: that, that would... If that was the case, they should have told people that, and they probably would have showed up more.
0: Yeah, that's... <laughs> there you go. Well, that also explains why they're not going to let you quote-unquote fail because we don't want to lose our our segue into the well, future. Yeah, feature. well, because they, well, they they knew they were going to release it anyway. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: yeah, I would be ecstatic if that was the case. Uh, I think that'd be really awesome.
1: If you want to tinfoil even more? You can look at what the little message is. I've extracted a dropsuit module that you might get your hands on once I'm done with modifications. That's yeah. pretty
2: tinfoily, but yeah, hey, yeah I can I can see what you're getting
0: man. Hmm. Okay. And it's
2: one of the Dust NPC officers
5: too.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's like the first mention of any lore ish thing that I've heard coming from Dust in a long time. A crin skin? <laughs> I could see it. Yeah, you're looking neat. Well, okay. So, uh, any other thoughts on the uh, clone challenge, boys, before we go into shout outs? I'll take that a resounding no. Um, all right, so we're going to start at the top of the list, work our way down real quick with shout outs. Um, Iron
5: I'd like to give a shout-out to Blackbird Interactive for um, restoring one of my most favorite games of all time to a modern PC platform. That'll be Homeworld 1 and 2. i also like to give a shout-out to uh, Rattati for his hard work um, over, the, over the last few weeks on trying to get Echo out and just handling just everything all at once. Um, enjoy your time in FanFest.
1: Good deal. Uh, Kane? Again, shout-out to the community that keeps up with this game, and also a shout-out to Negative Feedback Alliance. Awesome.
2: Uh, Pookie? Uh, just shout out to the player base for taking part in the Million Clone Challenge. It was ambitious, I think, but I think overall we did a pretty good job, even if we needed a, a slight extension.
0: So, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Um, let's see. SMB? Uh,
4: yeah, shout out to uh, everybody at Molan Labé as always. Uh, shout out to the community. Um, thanks for playing the game. Um, I'd also like to say that if you are going to be in Iceland next week, I am looking for a buddy to uh, head over to Aya Filta Joklitsch, I believe that's kind of how it sounds, the big volcano out there um, that erupted back around 2010. I'm trying to get a tour out there, and uh, if anybody wants to explore that with me, uh, let me know. Um, so hit me up on Twitter, uh, PSN, forums, uh, wherever. So, but uh, thanks for having me on, Jay. Yep, no problem. It's, uh,
0: it's Raya.
3: I'm giving my shout out to Quafe. Buy some. I I apparently have ships now that are Quafe ships from from the fan fest stuff. So I have to I have to make them.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I I, um, I
3: should actually like do a thing now because it it should technically be possible now between Dust and Eve to like always
0: be wearing Quafe all the time. <laughs> somehow doesn't surprise me. Um, okay. All right. Well, that's pretty legit. All right, I guess it's up to me then. So um, a lot of different stuff going on in Dust, a lot of different stuff stuff going on in EVE. Didn't really even talk about the SOV stuff going on in EVE, which we probably do need to cover at some point. Um, uh, in general, I have got uh, I will save the rest of my shout-outs uh, for a later date for other show topics and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but what I would like to do is give a shout-out to Jadak Menaheim who is currently studying for finals in his uh, art and communication degree. And generally what he's doing is he's taking uh, some 3D captures of uh, dust activity. He's overlaying some hentai, and then he's passing it off as like some sort of avant-garde sort of, uh, you know, statement about the duality of the virtual world versus the real world, uh, which should be pretty interesting. And he could probably get away from that in the liberal hippie ass college that he's going to. So, To one each, Mr. Jadek Menaheim, I say to you, sir, Baraka! And that will bring episode 44 of Biomass to a close. Ladies and gentlemen, good night and good luck.